Sludge Lords. Okay, so yesterday I wake up in the morning, 6 a.m., and I slide. Are you ch- you're choking on a hairball? Or? Well, it, this, the, he's going to tell a story about how I messed up, and Adam actually skull effed me to punish me. <sighs> what happened? Like how I didn't swear at the beginning of the podcast, yeah, right did, there? Did you swallow a hairball? What happened? Yeah, I'm I'm feline in nature. I, I like to lick my legs. Okay, so this is like, and I'm I'm gassed up because I like waking up at six in the morning. It's actually kind of fun to me, and okay. I'm like. In the car, I'm listening to a podcast. I'm getting ready. Right. I show up here, and keep in mind, I never do podcasts at 7:30 in the morning. So I even had to tell Josh, I'm like, "Yo, can you get one of the guys to come early?" Bossa Nova comes in. Sydney, uh-huh. for some reason, is also here early. Well, you Sydney's know. a huge fan. Sydney wants to help out. She's there. I'm this, sitting in my office in silence on my phone. This is like your Jocko Willink morning. You yes. hop in the cold plunge. You're listening to JRE or Metallica, one of the two. But, coming Andrea, the but all I did was get out at six, take a shower, eat the same breakfast I always eat, and then I listened to the Shane Gillis podcast on the way here so that I could try to like inherit some funniness. Okay, yeah. you know, like yeah. like I just don't want to be listening to the Daily and they're talking about like a hundred thousand people getting their arms ripped off or blown off in Afghanistan and shit like that. I want to listen to some fun stuff. Yeah, uh, before I, think, I come here, I think what you just described is funny, but God, God, it makes me a sicko. Right? No, totally. Is I can see the humor in it, but like, the, you know, you want to get in the right frame of mind, and so then I get here and I'm I'm texting the group chat that we're in with with you and Bossa and Josh and stuff, and I'm like, hey, sleepyhead Danny, what's going on? And then you know, I'm not mad. I'm just kind of like, damn, like Danny, blowing it, a little irresponsible there. I guess he doesn't know how to set his alarm. And then you send the screenshot of us planning it, and you said Tuesday. You did not say Monday. So I wasted my time. I wasted Boston Nova's time. Apparently, Sydney was happy to waste her own time, but, you know, that's okay. You know, that screenshot, it was like the O.J. Simpson glove. Because if I didn't have that, <laughs> I'm not going to say I would have been fired, but I would have been in the no jumper sledge lord doghouse. No, yeah, if yeah. If I had yeah. actually, in truth, I mean, I just gotten down Runyon Canyon at 6 a.m. I, I was getting my real. You were, ar- well. you were already working out. I was probably jerking off. No, you were sleeping. The, Come I was, on. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Nobody goes to Runyon at 6 a.m. besides deprived fucks. Pedophiles. Get up. Get after it. But anyway, yeah, you know, yeah. If you had been proven to be the one who was in the doghouse, then I would have at least like felt a little bit like ah, it's kind of unprofessional. Okay, yeah. got to keep that in the back of my mind. That's you not know? me. As as this is the whitest podcast on the No Jumper Network, I gotta get here on time. Mm. That's expected of me. I mean, come on, I gotta show up, preferably not high. To 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 rep for the brand, we have to play into the positive stereotypes about our race. Yeah. Yeah. Right on time. <laughs> we we should also bring in Polaroids of our lawn. You know, I want to see that thing three quarters inch, freshly watered, no crabgrass. But so you know what happened then after that? I wasted so much time yesterday. So the plan was that I was going to meet up with you super early, do the podcast, then go back to my house because my girl had a pony coming at 10 a.m. because and a couple of other moms coming with their kids. So they go all play with the pony. For and, your do- the birthday. Yes. And so there's a, a woman who apparently owns some co- sort of pony who lives in San Dimas, and she comes through. This is her business is that she's got a pony, and you paint it. The kids take paint, and they they paint watercolor, like like safe for animal fur paint but they lather the animal in paint and so that was then the middle part of my day then the kid takes a nap i go and i work out whatever and then get get a bunch of work done and then i have to go to do a podcast with t-rell who is on the channel you know uh, i've done a show with him right and he i know that he lives in a certain he said it. he lives in woodland hills right yeah so he sends me an address i type in the address and it suggests north hollywood yeah. I, I think, okay. So I, I, I'm like, it's wrong. 
I, I manually type in Woodland Hills. I drive to the address. It takes me about an hour. I get there. I realized that this is not a real address. How do you realize that? Because I'm looking at the numbers on the curb, and like the, there's a number a little bit below it, and there's a number a little bit above it, but there's no that number, which I actually think is kind of fucked up. Maybe, maybe it was like Harry Potter. It's platform nine and three quarters. You're a wizard, Adam. No, he was right. He just, he just I, I, I didn't realize. I thought he was doing the podcast at his house, but he's actually doing it at a separate studio in North Hollywood. Oh. So it's like, oh, okay, I fucking thought that I was so smart that I was going to overrule Google, and no. You can't do it, dude. They control the satellites. So I just wait. I wait. I drove for an hour and a half because of that. And I, What time of the day? Uh, 4.30, 4 oh. o'clock, whenever I drove there, I forget. Maybe 3.30, I think I left. Brutal. Terrible. Brutal. And, and so, like, yeah, like, just massive swaths of my day. Getting up at 6 for no reason, and then doing that in the middle of rush hour. It's just like... How consumed with foolishness could my day possibly have been? Well, the good news is, Adam, four youths were able to abuse a pony. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. The little kids were smacking the pony and lathering it with pain. There's all kinds of TikToks. I can't, I can't believe it. Don't you ride a pony or pet a pony? When, when did it become a thing to put probably Chinese lead-based paint yeah. on the thing's skin? Well, I think it was water-based, so it was actually pretty harmless-looking paint. But You don't know that. She puts the paint all over the p- pony. Then they take the pony. They put a big uh, you know, seat on it. And then the kids are able to ride around on the pony without having even removed the paint from the pony's body. Was the paint good? Terrible. No, it's just a bunch of lines and just. At one point, my kids basically like holding the bottle up to the horse and just dumping yeah. the paint onto the horse. But she did ride the horse. Well, good for her. Yeah, so that was cool. That's an accomplishment. It's like and getting up on a surfboard. This is my first ever podcast with clean white teeth. I just got my teeth whitened. There's a lady and with a lab coat out there. I'm drinking coffee through a straw. I have to make sure it doesn't hit my teeth. Watch. This is going to last for less than 48 hours, okay? It's going to last for less than 48 if hours. If next time you see me, I have cucka brown teeth, you know why. There is a lady out there, and she's she's white. Is this benefits that the No Jumper staff gets? Because I saw her, another staff member right now has got the mouthpiece in. There's the ultraviolet right. lights. She's wearing the bib. I thought about actually, you know, unzipping and going over there. Okay. I'm uh, joking. Gina do is doing it right now. <laughs> Let's just name the victim. Gina <laughs> is doing it right now, but Lush is the one who invited her over, and uh, I guess... She's done some like serious prison time. She's like involved in some kind of stuff in the past. Let's just leave it at that. But she's apparently with the shits, and now she is the L.A. Tooth Fairy. That's her name on Instagram. Her and Instagram TikTok. name is the L.A. Tooth Fairy. People can go. See, well, this isn't live, but it's out there. Is it sort of like Dave's Killer Bread, where she brands herself as the felon tooth cleaner? I think it is kind of along those lines, where like you know, a lot of her people probably are more down to get somebody to clean their teeth up if they've got a lot in common like oh you've you've, you've seen the other side uh-huh. i don't know she seems like kind of a boss bitch she seems like she might have been running the female jail you think she raped somebody i think she was probably a serial rapist. <laughs> before and in before Both. that's probably what she went in for serial rape oh my god i'm you, so sorry you know we need to if there is a, a woman serial rapist out there she's got to be sitting in a no jumper chair soon because that's just i mean that's a funny crime yeah. does anybody have any sympathy for a guy who gets raped by a chick i don't yeah well i mean like young young boys i don't <laughs> You ever say like a bodybuilder? I'm I'm watching that Killer Sally. I saw that too. I didn't watch. It. I only seen the first episode. I saw that. Oh. That 
Oh, I was... I'm loving it. I just love the bodybuilding. I just love looking at these giants. It's, it's hilarious to me. Yeah, yeah. The, the the killer Sally. Should I spoil it for you here? What she kills the guy? Yeah, I know. Yeah, she does. Yeah, no, they, they, they made that pretty clear in like the first two minutes of it. They lift a bunch of weights, then she pulls out a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, and kills him in front of her kids, which I thought was pretty tight. There's a big twist though in that thing. And it was oh, actually see, that, that's probably what I don't know because I only watched episode one. Well, buckle up, buddy. I'm going to spoil it for yeah. you and the rest of the audience sure. as well. So Netflix, they did a pretty good job of this. They made it seem like she had this guy dead to rights, like he was a piece of crap, a human shit stain that deserved to die. Netflix did that. They um, they only shared the stories of him beating her and the children's testimony. Oh, of so her this being isn't crazy. a plot twist within the show. This is a plot twist after the fact that you feel like it might have been misrepresented. No, no, it's in the show. Oh, it's in the show. Okay. After the killing, they start exposing how insane this lady is and how much she beat up other people in her life. She would corner random bitches at the gym like, I heard you said you could curl more than me, Belinda. Smack. <laughs> I um no, I could see it because she was a woman on steroids, and I'm gonna be real with you. I don't trust a woman on steroids. I like my women nice and feminine, or at least whatever energy God gave them. Because steroids are scary when you're a guy taking it, and I feel like when women take it, it is like the vast majority of the time they become insane. Hmm. It's 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 not meant for them at all. And I'm trying to think. When I was in college, there were a lot of athlete chicks walking around, Adam, and yeah. they were they were doing deadlifties and they were doing the squat. And uh, I think a lot of these chicks did get screwy in the brain. Well, I, I think lifting weights is just fine for women. These, I think that taking to this male extent, testosterone in your ass is probably very very bad. Some of these girls might have been going to GNC and might have been browsing the men's aisle. I'm going to be real with that. you. You can buy as much pre-workout as you want from GNC and it's really not even going to hit like 0.01% of the effect of steroids. What about creatine? Yeah. What about Tren? Now we're in that gray area. Tr- you, hey, can't, Sid, you can't buy Tren at GNC. You want to be our lab rat? Yeah. Get you on Tren? You can, no, but if we right, inject her full it. of testosterone, then she will kill her boyfriend. That is one thing I'm sure of, yes. Mm. And I don't want to see that. I don't want blood on my hands. Yeah, we don't want that. All uh, right. We've got uh, two. I don't know where I'm going with this. Continue. Two big ideas. Injecting Sydney with testosterone and inject- injecting Bossa Nova with, with estrogen and watching him turn into Ice Spice. They're both in the room right now. Listen. I think puberty blockers would be great. Listen, gender is just a social construct, you two. What if we turn this into like a radio style podcast and like fucking Sydney is just like Robin Quivers and she just has a mic? It would help if you were black. That's just <laughs> it's the format. So, but that's why once Bossa Nova transitions, he will be a woman of color, and we will have our perfect Robin. Oh Quivers. yeah, that's exactly why we need to inject him with estrogen. Oh yeah, yeah. every oh, yeah. day. We oh, I shit. think we we have two uh, women of color who work here now, or is there more than that? Uh oh, we have quite a few, yeah, including the LA Tooth Fairy. I think we're we're doing well. <laughs> She's not a full time employee, but yes, yeah, she definitely adds to it. Yeah. She does. It, it helps. It helps. Yeah, she and, she brought her three year old with her. I would like it, dude. If we opened up this podcast and we had, you know, get a little cam on Josh over there on these two degenerates, Sid and Bossa Nova, that's something to think about. But I think when you do a comedy podcast and you have like some some co-hosts and they can just be like the people laughing at you, yeah. so we don't have to laugh at each other and we can just try to make them laugh. Doesn't that kind of make sense to you? It does. Well, speaking of laughs, me and Danny left the house this weekend on nice Saturday. Transition. This is before. Yeah, I know it was good, right? <laughs> and this transition is brought to you by. No, okay. Um, we don't have that yet. But so Saturday night after the fucking kids' second birthday party, everybody leaves, and me and my girl. My girl says quite verbally, she says, 
God, I wish I didn't commit to doing anything. I'm so tired. I just want to go to bed. And I said, yep, but you're going to the comedy club with me and Danny and Danny's girlfriend because we said earlier in the week that we were going to do it. And we knew that we would be tired as fuck yeah. by 730 on a Saturday night because we were doing stuff all day. And we've been up since six in the morning, but we're fucking going. So we hop in the oobs. We head down there. We go to the Hollywood Improv. Yeah walk in and Danny's already got a table full of like little mini tacos. Him mm. and his girl got a couple of mixed drinks mm. and we settled in for a nice night of watching people make jokes on stage in Hollywood. And it was, it was crazy. We went out and we did something in real life and didn't make content out of it. Look at us. I know, man. It was impressive. I did. I, Almost like we're actual friends. I'm getting there. It's really, get the sledge lords. Don't want to jump in there and just make any wild claims, but we were doing friend type stuff. And I talked a lot of shit behind your back after we all left. Mm. So I'm just going to come out there with that. We're not quite friends yet, based on my backstabbing. Uh, well, we're friends, but we're bad friends. Yeah, exactly. Like really uh, shitty friends. If only we could trademark that podcast name. Oh, wait. Fuck, fuck Bobby Lee. Bad friends. That show, though, I, I did us a favor. Bobby Lee is hacked on Twitter right now. Is he? And I'm because a lot of people are hacked on Twitter. Like Action Bronson is hacked, and I seen Bobby Lee's the newest one. Where basically you get your Twitter hacked, and they turn it into an i uh, a laptop selling business, where they're just trying to sell all your followers like six hundred dollar laptops. Why don't they go for the top shelf? Why are they selling Dells and PCs? Let's well, they're go for probably the trying to. They're telling you that they're going to sell you a three thousand dollar laptop, and they're trying to charge you six hundred bucks. It's such a good deal that so many people are just going to fall for it, Ooh. right? And the hackers are just getting six hundred bucks over and over. But then, meanwhile, Elon has gutted the entire company, so there's nobody to even fix these fucking accounts in the first wow. place. I'm pretty sure. Well, it's looking like you were right, okay, Mister Elon's fucking up Twitter. Last about week. what the red wave? We, we can get into that later. But uh, yeah. okay, let's talk about the comedy club though, because this is me and Lena never go out in public, and and one. Of our things about going out like going out is that it's like clubs just seem so lame to us at this point in our life that is like the comedy club thing was like an important experiment because it's so much more low-key it's so much more like just actually have a nice human experience you don't have to be this in this weird environment with glitzy armani suits and whatnot the pressure isn't on you you're doing a social thing where you can interact like, ah, that was a good one. I liked that joke. Oh, fuck. I can't believe she said that. But most of the conversation is being handled by the people on stage. Disappointingly, though, mm-hmm. and this was what I was real upset about, was the Hollywood improv. Oh, yeah, I'm calling you guys out. They promised a lineup. And then without any sort of explanation, changed that lineup. Mm. And we didn't find out until the promised comedians didn't show up on stage. Right. And that worked out in a, a multitude of interesting ways because uh, my uh, MMA fighter, uh, professional skateboarder buddy, Jason Ellis, who's also bisexual. I meant to include that in the initial oh, description really? of him. Oh, really? I didn't get that from his set. <laughs> this was his set. But I, I want- cunts. You ever felt like getting a dick up your ass? I've gotten three on my ass this one time. It didn't quite fit. <laughs> That was his material. <laughs> no, for sure. But it was like I walk up and I just see his name on the fucking bill. And that's such a weird feeling to me because I've seen so few people do IRL stand-up comedy. And I had just interviewed him like however many months ago, six months ago or something. And then to realize I was going to get to see him do it. And, th- okay, this is the extra level of why that was kind of interesting, right? It's because I fuck with Jason. I like him too. I am He's an cool. asshole. I, I am apparently not the best communicator in the world because – we were having a conversation that, from my recollection, was basically like he's saying that he, you know, wanted a new challenge and he got into comedy. And I'm kind of saying, like, well, why that challenge? Like, why comedy? Like, what is it about comedy? Like, whatever. And, like, at some point in this conversation, 
he takes it a little bit like I'm kind of like telling him like, well, why the fuck are you doing comedy? Like, oh. you know, I'm. but my thing, if you watch it back, I'm pretty sure that my thing was that he just wasn't really telling me the reason why he got into comedy aside from like trying something new. Yeah, so I, I get was, what you're saying. Though. It'd be like me, like, Adam, I really want to do porn. Right, and you go and like, oh, you want to do porn? Or, or, or if you said you were moving to Hawaii and, and becoming a surfer and I was like, why? And, and you were like, well, I just want to try something new. And I'd be like, well, there's a million ways to try something new. So anyway. That's how it actually was. I felt like we actually like. I felt like what I was saying was reasonable, but a large percentage of the fans were commenting, basically acting like I was being a huge asshole to him, which was not my intention at all because I like him. And it's not like it's not like I have any reason to not want you to do comedy. I was just trying to figure out, like, you know, you, you've done the MMA, you've done the skateboarding, you've done all this shit. You're a podcaster, radio host, whatever. What is it about comedy? Like, Because to me, it's kind of hard to wrap my head around because I, I like comedy, but I've never really thought about, like, what hole would this – fill in my life like what would this make what what would this just feel so good about doing this i wanted to dedicate this much time to it so it was kind of interesting that as a surprise boom all of a sudden i'm seeing his set which was it, that my main question about him is i wonder how many uh you know how, how many different routines he has because that routine that we saw was sort of like if you watch my whole interview with him it would just be him like fleshing out pretty much like what he said like that that his bit was basically like his life story this this was basic so the i already did an impression of the routine a reenactment (laughs) of the podcast would be like adam they would tell you about the first time i gotta cock up my ass (laughs) really no tell me about it yeah needed a bunch of lube thing was huge i needed tony hawk to pull it out i didn't need a tony hawk (laughs) tony hawk he needed to see now we look like we're hating on him again he needed okay. to he needed to do the loop to loop to get enough momentum to yank my <laughs> yank the cock out of my ass. All right, no, you I, have to have him on here. I would love to. It would be so good. right? I liked him, and he was up there. He was so because the lineup. It, it was such it, it was such a foul what they did. We went and one of the comedians I was excited about was Dom Irera, who we saw, who I did not know who it was going to be, and then he said something on stage about his prior appearance on Seinfeld. Yes, and it kind of clicks in my head, like holy shit, this guy looks like a you know a melting eighty year old version <laughs> of a guy I saw on Seinfeld a long time ago. No offense to him, he's great, but I go back and I look at a picture of him on Seinfeld when he was like I don't know like thirty five years younger. And it's just like, holy fuck, I feel like I am a part of history right now watching this guy do stand-up because his health is not necessarily great. His eyes barely open. And, uh, you know, it's like there was a really great vibe in the audience where it's like, hell yeah. Like, this motherfucker's old as shit and he's still doing it. Like, everybody in the audience seemed very enthused by uh, the energy that he brought, even though his... His timing may have been affected by his old age a little bit, stuff like that. But it was it was amazing. He had a couple really good jokes. One was, "You never run out of jizz." <laughs> it's still coming out. It comes out a little bit. And then remember his first opening yes, joke. Yes. Can we repeat that here? It's, yeah, go for it, dude. Th- this guy, it, it got a huge fucking. It was a really People funny died joke. Died when he but said this. Also, it was so shocking, and and everybody in the club basically seemed on board with it. But he came out and he's like. Ugh. I needed help up the stairs. I feel like a retard up here. You can't say retard anymore. My faggot friend told me. <laughs> yeah, and everyone just dies. Everybody the whole place died. shuts down. So, hey, 
If you believe that, you know, political correctness has taken over everything, there's a little spot on Melrose Avenue that you can come on down and get nice and homophobic and yep. it'll be all good. Oh, yeah. I also, I want to say that I like it, probably like three of the fucking employees of security guards told me that they are big fans of uh, the podcast. So that was very nice to hear. This one here? They didn't mention Sludge Lords by name, but I mean, they, are, they work at a comedy club. i burn that place down. Dude. But it was, it was so interesting just being like a normal fucking place. I'm talking to some random comic from Chicago. He's like, yeah, I just moved here to, you know, me and my girl got a house down the street. I'm like, I just never, like, meet normal people just, like, living their lives. Everybody's, like, pitching me on their fucking career or whatever. So it's like we're just hanging out at a bar. Like, you you have to understand how unique that moment was for me. Yeah. I haven't just, like, hung out in a bar in a long time. So, And I saw it with Lena, too. She's laughing her ass off at the show. She's having a good time hanging out after. She didn't get drunk enough to annoy me. So overall, that that was cool. It was great, man. One thing about just hanging out in a bar, normal people who aren't trying to pitch you on something, I did as a little experiment after you and Lena sped off in your Uber Black. You try to get that guy to buy you another drink? I did, yeah. This yeah you pointing like, out the off. Uber, Adam's gone him now. pointing out the Uber Black was pretty funny because afterwards Lena's like, do you think Danny thinks that we're like super rich? Because you pointed out the Uber Black and you were like, Oh, shit, look at that thing. That's, well, a, that's an SUV. I'm expecting an off-brown Prius to pull up. <laughs> and instead, there's a 2020 Cadillac Escalade, all blacked out windows, big, big rims. I'm not sure how many inches. You, you realize it enough. costs like 20 bucks more on the fucking Uber app, right? Yeah, and on a special occasion like that, it's all right to flare it out a little what, bit. What I will say, though, is I didn't, like, when you go in there, like, Okay, let's take a a gander at the Uber app right now just so we can get some price comparisons. Okay, Uber app. Let's say we want to go to the Hollywood Improv. Let's let's just say. Nice pop socket right there, too. Did you make that out of your daughter's pacifier? Listen, I found it, and I I put it on my phone, and then I realized kind of afterwards, like, damn, it's a flower. But I like having a pop socket. I feel like it helps with my wrists. Getting to that age? Hollywood Improv. All right, we're going to find out what this is, how far, okay. how much between the two Ubers. Here, here's the difference. If I were to take an Uber X, it would take it will cost $25. If I were to take an Uber Black, it would cost $65. So it's an extra $40. Now, if I were to take an Uber Black SUV, it would cost $82. So you're tacking on, tacking on an additional $17. If you go from Uber X to Black, then you get uh, it's an extra $40. So you spent, I'm confused, there were a lot of no, numbers No, but I ordered black, but they sent the SUV, as oh, they do. sure. Because then you get a little yeah. discount. If you order black and they send the SUV, uh-huh. then you don't have to play, pay the SUV rate, even though, like I said, it's $17 Listen, more. Listen, just because you spent an extra $100 on your transportation home from the club, it doesn't make me feel like shit, dude. The I can club, take it. The club I'll is not even that far forward. from my house, too. So I just want to say that, is that, you know. And also, you're right, though. It's like, somehow, in my mind... There is some sort of level of disrespect of me pulling up in a Honda Accord to the comedy club. Like, that's just, that's what I'm paying the 40 bucks extra for. It's just so that I can get dropped off by a nice, smooth, jet black vehicle and not the Corolla. All right. I, the, the fucking, your carriage has arrived. Good just, sir. I don't spend money on anything else. You're going to fucking drag me through the hot coals right here because I just want to have the black. Why don't you go black? You never go back. Huh, Time to go back to that X. I don't right. know, man. Well, now that the audience knows a little bit about your true character, <laughs> after you left, I went up, dude. I saw all the comedians that we saw. Basically, the last guy who was a slightly chubby white dude with a, 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 a precision-looking haircut. I saw him and a bunch of his other comedy buddies circled up around the table, and I was like, I gotta hear what these people are talking about. 
That's such a legendary thing in the comedy club circuit. You hear about the comedy cellar in New York. The hang. The hang is a big deal. Your job is to be funny. What do you talk about when there's no cameras around? Exactly. And I guess that's when the funniest shit happens. That's when, like, they're just ripping each other apart based on their shoes, their uh, Uber choice, their pop sockets. And I've been to the fucking comedy store and seen this playing out backstage with a lot of, like, really lit comics, like, backstage at uh, Kill Tony. Oh, yeah. So it's, like, a lot of fucking really elite Let's comedians. go to that. Let's go to Kill Tony. I got you. Let's go. Let's fucking do it. They'd be happy to have us, yeah. But I want to go here and see if, like, hey, you know, are exactly, are these guys funny when there's no microphone live, when there's no audience? And I hear them talking like they're i don't know your underlings here talked about you know man fuck working for no we're gonna start our own podcast fuck we're gonna break improv. out of this sh- <laughs> they're like they're gathered up they're like yeah we need we need to do and this i swear to god fuck the improv i'm gonna do comedy in my basement <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna work our way up to the laugh factory bitch but no they're talking about they're like we need to do a podcast and it's got to be diverse one day we have on an Asian guy. Then we make sure we get women on. And I was just like, are you guys fucking kidding me? They're like, yeah, we got to make sure our metrics are good. We got to cover Facebook and we got to do YouTube shorts. And I was like, holy fuck. They're just listing off a bunch of nouns that they've heard. <laughs> uh, Snapchat. Yeah. iPhone. <laughs> Facebook. Ethernet. We're going to do Wi-Fi. them all. <laughs> <laughs> but I, a lot of times, and I don't know if you've related to this. It doesn't sound like you're as into it as me, but oftentimes I'll think that in my head, stand-up comedy is the purest form of comedy, and maybe someday I'm going to do stand-up, and I sort of want to, like a lot of actors want to be rock stars. But then you kind of realize a lot of these hardcore stand-up guys actually kind of want to be influencer, content creator, whatever. You know. Exactly. Because what do you do, dude? Like, how do you, if you only do stand-up, what's the next step? Yeah. Where do you go to make money? Because they probably got paid those kids 20 bucks for setting foot on that stage. You think that those, those motherfuckers are getting 20 bucks? Yeah, you're right. Probably 15. Dom Herrera is up there with fucking 17-inch ear hairs coming out of his canal, and you're telling me you got 20 bucks? They hardly make... I heard Chris D'Elia, when he does a spot <laughs> like that, makes like 100, 150. Wow. They make nothing, which is bullshit because the tickets were $25 each plus a horseshit service fee of like fucking 25 extra bucks. Yeah. It's a two drink minimum, two item minimum. Everybody in that place was ordering highly overpriced cocktails and tacos. Do you think Chris had to fight for that 150? You think that he was getting like 135 for a while and he had to have a sit down with the boss and was like, look, I think I've I've worked my way up to 150. He was probably getting 200 and then he sent a cockpit to the manager's (laughs) daughter. They knocked him off a little bit. She was. 17, Chris. You're only getting 150. This should help us get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chris no, no, That was a good joke. Yeah. I like um, Chris Delay. No, but um, yeah, it, it was dope being in that environment, though, for sure. And I for sure saw that a little bit, too, because, okay, you know, when you're looking at the lineup, it's like, so they start us off with a couple of women, you know, like start off with some generally unfunny people and then move I on. like the chicks. W- you know one? I'm a sexist bastard. I liked both the chicks. But you know okay, you know what happened? So there's a chick who's doing like the introduction, right? She's like the ringleader of the whole thing. The brunette or the blonde? The brunette, I think. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And so then she brings out the 411 blonde chick, right? Yeah. And it was like an unfortunate thing that from my mind as a person who never goes to comedy shows is kind of like it hurt my enjoyment of it a little bit where the first woman, as she's introducing her, she's doing a bunch of jokes about orgasming in her fucking vagina and whatever, right? Then she brings out the next comedian, and boom, we're right back into more orgasm jokes. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, that's really all y'all got, huh? Like, uh-huh. you got to step it up. And uh, I don't know, but like, it's not really her fault. And it's like, obviously, she went on to other 
topics but i definitely was like hit with a moment of like holy shit did we just walk into an all-female comedy show and we're gonna have to listen to them talk about orgasming for like two hours listen boys the g-spot's right here okay <laughs> you can't find it <laughs> but first of all i don't know if, if we could have a tally going on how many dick jokes we've made this podcast i'm gonna feel like a little bit of a hypocrite mm. but you're right though and it was some of the dudes there too i think that's a staple and I want to say right now, I am a terrible stand-up comedian. I am not claiming supremacy. I'm just making an objective observation. It seems like the lower-level stand-up comedians, their material is sex and dating material. Mm. And that's what separates a guy like Dave Chappelle, who just went out and did a very controversial SNL monologue. Right. And his material was on uh, how Trump... Um, through a comment about tax codes, exposed the hypocrisy of elites. His material was on who actually runs Hollywood and Kyrie Irving and shaming black people and shit. It was, I don't agree with everything he said. It was pretty fucking gnarly. I'm just but really it was, here it to, was philosophical. I'm here to hear like some interesting observations about life. And like for sure, probably the worst thing that I could take from a comic is like, Oh, you're you're boring. Like your your observations about sex or dating are bad. You know, like yeah. whereas I would feel like if I was a comic, which I have no aspirations to be, for the record, I just don't want anyone to think that that's what this is about. But if I were a comic, like, and I was going to be sitting there trying to think up some material about dating or sex, I would be crawling deep within my brain, even mm -hmm. as a non-comic, because I know that this is such well-worn territory that if I'm going to bring anything to the table, it's just going to have to really stretch the limits of what we're talking about. And I kind of feel the same way here. Like, if me and you end up in a conversation that's basically like, well, guys are different than girls, and girls... Girls are little and men are big and men are mean and girls are nice. Like, no, we gotta we gotta go beyond that. We have to find new interesting things. That's what will make you laugh. You listen to a comedian say something that you never thought of, or you know, like I, I think that's what Jason Ellis is doing. Yeah, yeah, you're a suck a dick. Right, you're ready to suck the dick out there, boys. That's what he was. That was a new take on it. Yeah. But I just wonder, like, how many other bits he has, or if, if does he feel like he kind of has to stick with his like introductory. Um, bit because or it's not a bit right routine i don't know uh like like does he feel like he has to kind of get that out of the way because that i don't know i feel like that would be so crazy like as a comedian to keep doing the same the same bit over and over it would be hard for me and i know that you have to do that that's what everybody does but i think you and i we would both out of the corner of our eye we would see the same doorman who was there the last six times we did this routine. We would see, oh, this one comic who's heard this bit 15 times. I would have them in my peripheral vision, and it would make me not want to commit to the same tired act about how, you guys ever try to have sex when you're drunk? Hard to get it up, huh? Oh, boy. <laughs> It would make me want yeah. to change up my material a lot and freestyle, which I don't think would always be healthy. But I feel like if I was in a band that I would feel the same way. If I was in the Beatles and I just look over and I just see like some fucking security guard and I know that he's heard Let It Be yeah. before, yeah. I'd be like, no, I can't perform this. I gotta just, I'm just going to freestyle some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like a bizarre standard to hold comedians to, though, right? Cause, and I don't. It wasn't like that for like the vast majority of recorded history, where there was any expectation of a comedian like switching their material mm -hmm. up. Actually, in the early days of comedy, it was like you went out there and you just told jokes, and there was no expectation that you wrote the jokes. They yeah. could have been somebody else's jokes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was it was vaudeville was the first American form of comedy, right. which was just ridiculous circus acts all coming out on stage. 
Then there was one guy who emceed. He introduced the next circus act, like, come into the stage now. We have a man and his elephant. He is going to extract the feces from its ass with a broom. Right. Literally shit like that. And then jugglers. And then, and then he would crack a couple funnies in between those sets. His name was Frank Fay. Right. He did that and got so good at the in-between stuff, he developed a new style of comedy called stand-up. Wow, what a history lesson. In World War II, <laughs> Jason though, Ellis took it to the next level. Yes. By making it about being gay. Yeah, he did. He's an innovator. But during World War II, you're so right. There was a genre called army comedy. Right. Where they would just go up and tell the same jokes about being in the military. Like, boy, these sea rations really taste like dog poop. Huh? And if you don't live in a connected world, like, what is the, the driving force that's even making you want to have your own original material? You know, if, if the year is 1950 and I'm in a comedy club and I hear you tell a hilarious <laughs> joke, I mean, there there is no reasonable reaction besides like i'm gonna write that down and tell that joke next time I, like because yeah. that's how a normal person is normal people are just pa- like with the way it is with memes mm-hmm. where it's like i could just post a meme i don't have to fucking write the meme i just like share the meme it's, it's just content. a joke yeah. you get engagement you gain fa- favor in the algorithm but then as the meme environment develops you do start to see like rules emerge about how memes should be treated and handled and then you see something like fuck jerry that was like extremely popular become extremely controversial obviously it's still popular but like there's like a different standard and we saw it with elon musk where he was posting a lot of memes for a while and then everybody wanted to hold him to the standard of like well you should be crediting people for their memes you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. seems like he kind of gave up on memes i haven't been paying i deleted twitter so maybe your talk got through to me subconsciously i don't delete- why would you delete it i just took it off my phone and now i can't sign back in I regretted it immediately, but I don't care enough to go look up my password. Yeah, there's some apps on my phone like that. Like, I used to look at that every day, and then I just got logged out one day, and I haven't bothered to log in for, like, six months. It's probably a good thing. You've saved yourself collectively, like, 14 and a half hours yeah, but off those apps. I will be real with you, though. Like, Twitter is pretty much the most entertaining it's been since its inception now because every day you get to see some crazy— Like, Elon has fired, like, 20 fucking employees for basically talking shit about him either on Twitter or uh, in these internal Slack uh, discussions, right? So he's firing people— left and fucking right so that's insane seeing people just get fired left and right and then i mean there's a lot of little things that are breaking where like someone will will at somebody in like a response i seen this the other day for the first time and the at that they were responding to you couldn't click it it was just a right it was just mm. at danny mullen and you and i'm responding to you and you're looking at my response but i cannot click your name mm. and it's fucking bizarre to see all these little tiny things that i've never noticed shit really like this on twitter since besides maybe the early days in the early days it would crash all the time there was the fail whale there was all this shit and now uh, like you just got used to twitter like kind of always working right and now it's breaking in a lot of like really small fundamental ways i heard him say that the reason he wanted to buy twitter partially was to learn from its algorithms in order to make his future everything app, X, more effective. And he wants to speed up that learning curve for how to make an app. Maybe he's using Twitter like somebody would go to pick and pull to just get car parts and they would buy a car, a junker, and then just take the catalytic converter and the muffler off it and put it on their car. The only thing is is that those cars don't cost $45 billion and you don't have to get like a whole massive squad of investors to help you buy this shitty car. That's a good point. Uh, 44 <laughs> bill, dude. 44. What a pimp, dude. Yeah. No, what a fucking pimp. But listen, there are, and I mean, I'm aware that this could just be, you know, sort of cataclysmic thinking and that this is 
quite likely to not happen but there are like real people who really study social networks who think that twitter might like actually go down within the next week Mm. now i'm skeptical as well i say we stay on this it's a developing story it's definitely a developing story that everybody in the fucking world is kind of like sick of i feel like because it's so it's just like you're talking about the thing that everybody looks at all day, but it's not even really that popular. That's the crazy thing about it. Did you see the tweet? And we're going to get off this, but did you see the thing where Elon Musk responded to somebody and basically said that Twitter was the biggest sharer or the biggest creator of, um, of traffic online? I didn't see that. He said that. And it got, it got quote tweeted with a correction that said, and yes, I'm spacing out my words so that this will, take slightly longer before i actually get to the thing that I, that's I have youtube to and google read. right uh, well, fuck. here it is so he wrote twitter drives a massive number of clicks to other websites slash apps the biggest click driver on the internet by far and so you know now they have these uh corrections that can be applied to your tweets where like if enough fact people, checks it's like a fact check but you know how you originally saw the fact checks just for stuff like covid somebody would say the vaccines don't do anything and they would yeah climate change they would put a, a marker a thing saying whatever Th- this apparently they want this to be much more widespread and apparently elon musk isn't safe because he had this this bubble added to his tweet that said the reverse is true twitter drives seven percent of web traffic referrals facebook drives 74 percent Pinterest drives seven percent. In other way, in other words, just basically saying that this is a completely absurd idea. And anybody who's ever promoted their content on Twitter can pretty much tell you, like, you know, if you put out a new video, how essential do you feel like it is to put up a a, a link on YouTube to it? Not very, right? A link on Twitter to it. A link on Twitter to it. To it. I, I don't. You, There's yeah. no point. I, you, I you could. Think- it would create a little bit more awareness. But it's by far it's not an essential place to post. No. Yeah. Honestly, this nobody's gonna care about this. But I honestly feel like if the video doesn't take off on YouTube on its own, no sharing on any platform is gonna do anything. An, a, sw- true. a swipe up on Instagram really doesn't move the needle that much. Yeah. But that's we're just talking shop. You wanted to talk about the uh, the failed red wave. Oh yeah. You yeah, brought yeah. that up. That's what they're saying, man. I'm not the one who, who who did the polling. I'm not the one who took all the Republican ballots and threw them in the swamp. It's just the word on the streets. Wait, They're saying you that. got a theory there, Adam. It's not a theory. I was there. I did it. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, it. It, it was. You were very excited about how this was going to go. Was I? It seemed like you were pretty confident that the red wave was going to take place. I guess place, I right? did. I was pretty confident. Yeah. It seemed like a lot of people were, and I realized after it didn't happen that. I didn't care that much. I was like a bandwagon fan mm. who got sort of excited, like like in, in 2018, like, oh, the Philadelphia Eagles are taking on the Patriots with yeah, a backup yeah. quarterback. We I'm, all have that moment where it's like, guys. oh, the Red Sox are how deep into the series? Well, oh, maybe I should pretend that this is my favorite baseball team. Baby, check out this guy. He's from the Dominican Republic. He pitches 102 miles per hour. He's unbelievable. What's his name? Uh, uh. Pena or, or Jorge <laughs> yeah. or something. That's how I was about it. And I realized afterwards, like, I don't really care, blue or red, as long as the craziness on both sides is kept in check. I think that's fair, yeah. As, as long as you don't, like, uh, as long as there aren't uh, Bossa Nova, Sydney-esque gender swaps mandatory <laughs> for kindergartners. As long as we don't, like, I don't know, give a third grader an AK-47 and teach him how to shoot on a recess. Yeah. I'm okay. You no, know, but I mean, you- okay, there are things that I don't like about the Republicans, and I feel like those things were mostly repudiated, like, I feel like I, a big reason why I could never vote for a Republican would be that I am extremely pro-choice. 
Another reason I don't think I could vote Republican in this current state is I'm extremely anti-Trump. I also am extremely anti-election like denialism. Like All that shit is extremely scary to me, the idea that our elections might be seriously like impacted by people who just don't give a fuck about the results. And mm. from my perspective... Do I really care if there's like a Republican in office or a Democrat in office if they're going to run like a reasonable person? No, I don't give a fuck if mm -hmm. I, you know, but if there's going to be all this other shit attached to what it is to be in, living in a Republican state, then I'm very concerned. And it feels like the, more than anything else, I think the Republican Party realized through this election oh, we can't just assume that Trump is going to save us, and if anything, he's probably a massive fucking liability, and we can't just stick all these lunatics in, in these positions and try to get them through. Like, I feel like a lot of the people who pushed for this like hardcore election denialism are the people who took the biggest L's. And what's kind of funny is that now that everything's said and done and you didn't see a lot of this at first, you're seeing a lot of uh, Steven Crowder and Tommy Loren and all these people are really going hard on like, well, doesn't it not make any sense to anybody that the ballots are still being counted, whatever. So like they're, they're pivoting hard into the election denialism stuff, even though I feel like the real actual Republican candidates are kind of realizing like we probably don't want to go all mm -hmm. in on that. I will say I totally agree with you. I think your analysis of everything's totally right. The people who supported Trump hardcore paid the price. I think abortion rights were a big thing. I'm pro-choice too. That's that's the the one lefty thing I voted for when I made my trip to the polling place. One thing I don't really get though is the label of like election deniers and election rejectors only being applied to the right because what happened when Trump first got elected? Russian collusion. It's only because of Russian collusion. Investigate him. <laughs> also, well, there was a lot of Russian disinformation going on. With the, the fucking the sale of hashtag resist T-shirts went through the fucking <laughs> roof of people basically saying the same shit. Not my president. Isn't that election denial? It happens on both sides. Fair enough. And I'm just going to steal something that I literally heard Destiny say on stream the other day. But <laughs> he said, how many times did Hillary Clinton basically say that the election was, was stolen from her? Maybe like like twice. Mm hmm. Donald Trump has said hundreds of times mm -hmm. that the election was stolen from him mm -hmm. and has still not conceded defeat all these years later. Whereas, on the other hand, um, Hillary Clinton conceded defeat the night of Your the election. Your teeth look great, by the way, buddy. Thank you. I'm just saying. I've been staring at those. It's a false equivalency to say that the, the era of election denialism that Donald Trump has ushered in that has spread like a virus throughout the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. It's a false equivalency to say that uh, Stacey Abrams complaining about gerrymandering is the same thing. Sure. Now, she might say some things that are like relatively inaccurate in that conversation. I'm sure that she's going to say stuff that maybe is a little bit, you know, just meant to draw sympathy for her. But I don't think it's fair to say that, you know, there's any kind of equivalency there. Maybe the reason that I am biased toward the, the right a little bit and I'm latching on to like, oh, the left or election deniers, too. I just I feel like I'm slightly allergic to how every major institution, whether it's American Express or Amazon or yeah. The Tonight Show, there's only one acceptable way to vote. There's one mainstream way to vote. It's Democrat. And if you don't vote that way. Fuck you. And if you're Katy Perry and you vote for the the more evil of the two Democratic candidates for L.A.'s mayor. The more white. The but, more but conservative. She, she got torched for that. Ridiculous. But then also at the same time, she still voted for a Democrat. It's not like she voted for the Republican candidate, even though you could look at him and be like, well, he was a Republican until like six months ago or some shit. But, I mean, 
even seeing Katy Perry do that though, and I am kind of convinced that she's a bit of a lunatic for other reasons. Uh, it really kind of makes me think like, oh, okay, so it is becoming a lot more normal to like voice your more moderate political concerns, and maybe over time that'll spread to like actual you know Republican political concerns because it's basically like illegal if you're a celebrity yeah. to say anything like that. I know. I think we're gonna look back on this era, Adam, and we're gonna see the turning point as when Dom Irera went up there and said, "My faggot friend told me so." Yeah, and the left came for him. Damn it. That'd be the wrong kind of turning point. Could we have Dom on this podcast? Probably. He might need a driver to come pick him up. <laughs> Maybe in one it. of your Uber black X's. We might have to do it at six in the morning so that it's before his bedtime. <laughs> um that was actually the interesting part about that to me is that he was he was kicking it, you know, it's like nine thirty PM. This motherfucker's out past his bedtime. But anyway. He was getting some chicks, too. Chicks were hodling up next to him at the bar. At the bar. That must be a cool thing about being an aging celebrity is that these, like, hot 25-year-olds just kind of want to talk to you. Just why not? It's the fucking best. Why do you think he hasn't gotten married and moved to South Florida? Yeah. The fucking pussy's still in Hollywood. I mean, that is why it's cool because you look at him and you're like, damn, you must really love this shit if you're still holding it down after all these years. And you must have a lot of support. People must really fuck with you if they're still letting you do this at this point still. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... I, I actually did, like, I, I fucking went to his Instagram and I found, like, a podcast clip of him. Like, he was on a podcast, so he's actually out here. You want to get him on? We're I'm still down. waiting. We've been talking a lot about who the first comedian guest is going to be. No, oh, is it going to be Shane Gillis? It, so that would be great, but we have to wait till he comes out here. But uh, that, that was kind of the thing about that I was thinking about, too, is that, okay, so you, you didn't stay for the second show. I did not. Okay. I because, stayed to eavesdrop on the comedian table, then I went home and I had sex with my girlfriend. Anally, Anal Princess Jr. Okay, but so from my perspective, the second show is probably the show where you're actually going to get to hang out with the comedians afterwards, right? Or do you think that they like shuffle them out the back into a SUV waiting for them? I see your logic. They have nothing else to do that night. Why not take a couple shots of Jack with the adoring semi-fans? That's been my experience. One time I was in New York back in the day with the the, the guys we fucked girls who, who do that podcast out there. I don't know if you're familiar. but uh, And then uh, Andrew Schultz, like before he was as big as he is now. And we were just like kicking it in like the – it was like the bar area of the comedy club. But I feel like there was like a separate bar area for the comedians. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. But either way, it was like I just realized like, holy fuck, if I hang out in these environments, I'm just going to meet so many people. And, and and not even just that, but like have a lot of really good conversations because like hang out with comedians, it's a different problem than I normally have because normally my problem when I hang out with normal people is that I find their conversation so boring that I just tune out and start looking at TikTok or thinking about something or looking at... You, you got know? a new idea for a TikTok. Yeah. I'm going to tie my shoes with my nails painted. <laughs> That's going to be your fucking next video. Don't no, write but, that down. But but then, like, when, you, when I'm around comedians, I oftentimes feel like, holy shit, I, just, I don't even feel like there's an opening for me to jump into this conversation because a lot of times they're so good at drawing connections between things it's really nerve-wracking too because yeah. when you go for a joke on a comedian you feel like they're like oh what's this guy trying to do is this guy trying to be one of us here's an example we had on our podcast last night ben avery who mm. used to be tim Dillon's co-host on the tim Dillon show okay and I, i'm a huge fan of that podcast and i've watched tim Dillon make that guy laugh so many fucking times that i was like afraid to make a joke because i knew i wouldn't be able to make him laugh as hard as i've seen tim Dillon laugh or mm. i've seen as i've seen tim Dillon make him laugh so I, sometimes it, I, I'm, like, shut down when I'm around really funny, famously funny people. Yeah. No, it's pretty reasonable, I think. Because it's, it's like, at least you have the self-awareness. Because a lot of people are going to be, like, around Dave Chappelle just, like, 
<laughs> telling him every joke, every funny thing. Like, hey, Dave, knock, knock. <laughs> well, the other day my wife came home and I was working in the shoe store all day. I don't know. It's just like people are going to like be hitting him. He probably gets to hear like the worst jokes. Dude, it's so bad. It's it's like we kind of already felt it. You, I mean, you, this is all you. But in the comedy club after a lot of people recognized Adam and are buying him drinks and are pitching him stuff and have their story to tell. For those guys who were at the very top, it's probably so fucking ridiculous. It just but the guys are actually successful. It's like it's like a bald fat real estate developer from Miami. Like, hey, uh-huh. listen, have you ever thought about getting into condominiums, Dave? Right. I got this spot down in Palm Beach. They just so much fucking Dude, shit. You'd probably be down to have that car. Oh, actually, I don't know. They're so rich that like what the fuck's he gonna think? Now, Joe is? Rogan said that was a problem for a while. Somebody was pitching him on investments and business ideas. He's like, I got a hundred million dollars. Get away from me. You remember when Kanye had to put out a statement and said that he wasn't interested in hearing any more NFT pitches? I love it. That's like you. <laughs> I mean, that's just hilarious to think that there was a time in which Kanye had people beaten down his door just to tell them about their NFTs. I remember reading one of your tweets before we did this podcast. I was driving to Vegas for my buddy's bachelorette party. Reading three months back into my Twitter feed? My buddy's bachelor party. I just want to make sure. I mean, he's not a bossa nova type. You, you searched Adam22 NFT Sorry. on Twitter? No, no. It came up. You had just tweeted it. And it was... So the whole economy was already crashing, but all these NFTs that used to be like seventy grand were right. now trading at fifteen dollars. Yeah. And you tweeted looking back at some of the projects my friends tried to pitch me to invest into, and I'm retroactively offended by it. No, and I was offended at the time too. Like I had fucking people that I like I genuinely look at them like people that I respect. They're pillars in the community that everybody watching this, if I were to name names, and I even have said names, Waka Flocka gave me a fucking whole NFT call at one point. Dude, Adam, you got to buy slutty powder puff girls, dude. Exactly. This is yes. the fucking best. Waka Flocka told me, Adam, you ain't, and, and he doesn't even know my name. He just calls me Jump, which is pretty funny. As somebody <laughs> who I've like interviewed him before and stuff, but he like, for some reason, Adam doesn't seem to really like stick to the inside of his brain. It's just he calls me Jump. And, and nothing about you screams that you can jump on. No, not at all. But he knows no jumpers, so I guess yeah, at some point he just... Uh, oh, I get it. He I cut out the that. NO, he cut out the ER. He's like, okay, this guy's name is Jump. I don't <laughs> know. That's a good thing he cut out I'm the looking ER. at the logo right now, and if you cut out those two, it's pretty much just like a basketball with the word Jump in the middle of it. But anyway, so yeah, he told me, he's like, you ain't even going to have to do your little interviews anymore. you just going to promote NFTs. And I'm on the phone like, ah. <laughs> like, okay. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know why it even happened. It didn't, his his buddy tried to get us to make a no jumper Ethereum address, right? Oh my god! Didn't, we got hung up on that, and then we never did anything else with it. I mean, you would have made a lot Josh of money. Josh is sighing very audibly. <laughs> you would have made a lot of money. We can get that story later. But did you see the story that was pretty crazy to me? Was the David Dobrik one? You see that? What the spray painted rapist on the side of his building? <laughs> you, you didn't see that? What? No. Anyway, he, he opened a burger spot in Hollywood, and then like somebody went there and spray painted the word "rapist" all big on it. And then there was footage of the vlog squad cleaning it up with a with a big curtain over it, so that nobody could take pictures while they were cleaning it. They couldn't have hired some people to clean that up. Wouldn't that be a lot easier than fetching a fifteen foot high curtain? I don't know if it, but no, but they didn't want people to be taking pictures of it while it was. Hey, Toddy Smith, <laughs> Karina, go clean this. Can, can you get the R? Because uh, what are you gonna do, like Jonah? Get the T. Get the T. No, just get big cans of black paint, <laughs> splash it over it right away that's going to give you the quickest coverage hey what's up guys just want to tell you right now we're cleaning up the word rape for my burger shop because <laughs> i didn't do it It was actually this guy dom it's so stupid though yeah because who the fuck did dave dobrik rape 
Nobody. The accusation is that he basically like allowed some drunk girls to hang out with his fucking friends. And the accusation kind of a stretch to say that he was the rapist. And also, I I didn't read the story too closely, but it sounds pretty ambiguous whether or not there was actually a rape committed that night. I don't buy it for a fucking second. <laughs> Hell no. Come that, on. I, that guy Dom, I will say this about Dom. He came on our podcast before. Well, actually, it was probably after the incident in question. Okay. He was a complete gentleman on our podcast. Yeah, I really, Dom's a nice guy. I really liked him. Yeah, Dom's all right. And I, I respect the fuck out of David, too, despite the impression I just did. <laughs> Cleaning up rape. I think he made that his thumbnail for a video. <laughs> Cleaning a rape off the side <laughs> of my burger. Cleaning up rapists off the side of my burger spot. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> I bought the, I bought the graffiti artist a Tesla. <laughs> anyway, so what what uh what was your David Dobrik news you're about to hit me with? Oh, just, it's way less cool than yours. Oh, yeah, it's from right. the anticlimax. But basically, he promoted some whack ass NFT collection called Bored Bunny a long time ago or recently. Well, when NFTs right, were when hot, it, yeah, so yeah. less than a year ago, and it was. It was based off the popularity <laughs> of Bored Ape, which right. is, I think it's the number one or number two NFT collection with CryptoPunks. But it was nothing. Just a bunch of guys had gone on Fiverr and had made like 500 iterations of a stupid bunny. And then David promoted it, and a bunch of his fans were like, oh, David, NFT, bye! Right. And they spent, I think, like, I, I don't know, $6 million was put into this project. $6 million from just his fan base? What the fuck? Don't quote me on that, but it was a lot of money, I think, in the millions. And he got paid a hundred grand straight up for it, I'm pretty sure. And then, I don't exactly know how the quote-unquote rug poll works, but I guess everybody behind the project yeah, yeah. just shut it down and moved to the Bahamas Because they, they all own, like, 50% of the fucking shares, and it's worth $2, and if they pull out, basically it's gonna be worth one dollar. So they pull out, cash out everything, and then every, they they get all the value. And the people who are left holding the bag get like approximately zero. Which, if I have any regret, it's really not just that. Like I didn't do more NFT promotion in the early days when nobody really knew what it was, mm -hmm. because those are the people who won. Soldier Boy made so, Soldier Boy made millions of dollars promoting NFTs, even and nobody remembers. Because you can only focus on so many targets. You can pick on David Dobrik. He's super successful. He's got a clean image. They picked on Logan Paul and Jake Paul a bit, whatever. But <laughs> I they, love David. They picked on, uh, you know, they pick on Lana Rhodes. You know, they, they pick the biggest people. I know porn girls who are promoting fucking NFTs, making so much money early on. And I didn't do it because I was just like, this just seems stupid. And, like, I don't want to scam my fans. But the reality is, is that i just seen so many of these people skate clean away because – you know, like their fans didn't really give a fuck because probably their fans like didn't buy it. You know, I, I feel like actually most of my fans are too smart for that. I it's tough to know, man. Yeah. One of the rules and I am by no means a very successful businessman, but I've heard it said by a lot of wise people that the best transactions are transactions where everybody wins. And I think most people who bought NFTs from Soldier Boy and company probably didn't actually get something as valuable as what they paid for it. I think it was a losing transaction on their part, and I think that you avoided it. Yes, you lost out on some short-term cash, but you're correct in saying that long-term it was a good play, not pissing off your fans. In the long run. <clears throat> but you got to remember like how stupid this shit was in the beginning. Like, <clears throat> Just for example, I remember one time Logan Paul had promoted a NFT called Dink Doink. And I want to <laughs> kill myself just hearing that name. I'm watching an interview and they're calling him out for it and trying to get him to admit that Dink Doink was a scam, right? <laughs> and he's just kind of like, no, it's cool. It's like, it's crypto, but it's got 
cute cartoons. Why am I doing a stupid I don't Canadian know. accent? I don't know. You made him sound Mexican or something. I'm trying to sound like Logan Paul, but it's like he had the look in his eyes where it's like, yes, I did a scam. I get it. You know, it's like sorry. You know, but he's like, no, it's cool cartoons. Hey fool, I box Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> you know, I go. I mean, the fucking WWE arms. <laughs> but anyway, like, you know, because in that early stage. So many people were still like, I, I think when I heard him have that conversation, I had just personally, like the weekend before that, gone through the process of like listening to a bunch of podcasts about NFTs and like did some Googling and was like, oh, okay, this is how it works, whatever. So people in general were still very confused about it. Yeah. I was just starting to get onto it. So it's like there just wasn't enough people to be mad at him doing that. Whereas right now, even us, if this podcast was sponsored by some stupid NFT that was clearly a scam, a scam like we're going to be going to call that left and right the second it comes out. Our own fans are going to be offended by us talking about it. I feel like it. I feel like there are some audiences that they can do whatever they want. As, right. l- as long as your audience is younger and maybe more feminine, hmm. you like, I mean, fucking David Dobrik, Fuck, who's the other? Bryce Hall. Those guys can promote whatever they want. But when we, I mean, our Would fans. You say, I think 98% of NFT purchases have been made by men. The same way that 98% of prisoners are men. I'm pretty sure. Like, do you think and women this... are really out here fucking learning how to use a MetaMask mask wallet? This shit is confusing as fuck. I you tr- still get don't know what Ethereum the fuck I'm first and... Dude, I'm just saying, it's very complicated. Me and Leno were sitting on the couch for like a fucking six-hour span, like figuring out how to buy our fucking NFT when we first did it. I think you got to have some testosterone in your body. To do which, something which so would be stupid. To, to fucking, especially when it's, dude, there was a time when I was, not fully, but I would say 5% of my brain was thinking about saving up for a crypto punk. Really? You know, you know how stupid that would be? I did it. You got a crypto punk? Yeah. You still have one? Yeah. I'm not convinced those aren't going to be worth nothing soon. Yeah. How much was it? What was it? Uh, 70K each? It was like 150 or something? Uh, I did have the nerve to ask you why you treat us like we're rich. But uh, yeah, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I'm just a humble guy who drives $100 Ubers two blocks and buys $70,000 pictures of a guy with a beanie. There was like a nine-month period where it seemed like a really, really smart investment, too. Well, the good news is I think you got it before the peak of the market. That's true, yeah. So right now, it's probably worth what you paid for I think it. It, No, I think if we were to sell right now, we'd probably lose like 10 20 each. Okay. Type shit. Well, Which... a lot of people hopped in when they were five hundred grand. I remember one dude bought one off Phase Banks for five hundred fucking grand. My perspective it has always been that if there's going to be any if there's going to be any NFTs that are worth something that maintain their value, it's going to be the punks because they're the fucking First. the goats. Those they're the early on ones. So I'm really not scared to like. Listen, if I take a one hundred percent L on it and NFTs turn out to be nothing, fine. If NFTs turn out to be anything, the crypto punks will be worth something, right? Sure. So I don't know. Be careful, people. I assume everybody knows what an NFT is. It's basically just, it's a piece of art that just functions on the blockchain. I'm not doing a podcast for people who don't know what NFTs are. In fact, I will throw you into a burning building if you, I will lock you in there if you don't know what an NFT is at this point in time. Oh, I thought you were going to throw me. No, no. Oh, somebody else. Okay, I was going to yeah. have I was going to have some sort of retort that might have gotten me fired right there. But yeah, <laughs> NFTs. I wouldn't go beyond. That's like getting a fucking penny stock if you're gambling on NFTs. Bitcoin, maybe Ethereum. Other than that, don't get too deep down the crypto rabbit hole Bit- as far as Bitcoin's putting real money. In way it. down right now. But Bitcoin, it's pretty agreed upon, is going to be there. So okay, here's my question: Do you think? That your girlfriend and my girlfriend are going to end up doing OnlyFans together. 
That wasn't as good of a transition as your one earlier into comedy. <laughs> I was just change. so sick of talking about Bitcoin. I'm like, all right, I got to do a hard, hard pivot here. Scissoring. Because I noticed that your girlfriend has an OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, you know, I'm kind of curious. Like, and also, can I see your dick on there? Haven't you seen enough of my penis? I'm just, not like I even watch. I'm just wondering. Like, seven can deuce I? off suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll never forget that phrase. Now, I've never played a game of poker in my fucking life. The but more I, you learn about poker, the more offensive that's going to be too, because that's the worst day. You fucking piece of shit, dude. It is average. It's got to at least be like a fucking seven and an eight. Is it on the OnlyFans or not? My cock? Yeah. No, we haven't gotten oh. that far. She hasn't even showed her titties on there. She's just oh. got like implied nudes. So to answer your question, I think it's I think we could depending on how much they've drank and what we put in her drink, I think we can get my girlfriend and your girlfriend to do it. Your fiance. Would you if they did a lesbian scene together, would you jerk off to it? Yeah. Would you would watch it? Yeah. What if they fuck dread together? <laughs> No, that, that was such a good feeling to get to do to you what people always try to do to me because the comments are always trying to be like you're selfish you need to let your girl fuck another dude yeah who are these people i remember we people were talking who want to see it. our relationship not work out for it, content exactly we were <laughs> we were talking about it and what worries me is when uh mia brought that up she asked you she asked you about dread no she asked you she's like do you ever let lena get fucked by other guys and i went excuse me <laughs> excuse me I know this isn't the 1800s anymore, but me, I got some good old-fashioned masculine values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in my world, a man doesn't let his woman get plowed by a cock that's eight inches thick in Dred's case. But of course, Adam, you're welcome to fuck in the ass as many porn stars as you My friend, like. we will be laughed out of the Manosphere Convention if we do so. Oh, we can't do it. We've got to hold on to our biddies. It's different. I mean, you and I are the kind of guys that... I mean, we drink single malt scotch. We have expensive watches. We yes. have big cocks. You know, we walk into rooms with confidence. We are Stockton fucking hockey hockey jerseys. We're minor league hockey players. I'm Just a sweeper for the heat. But you and I, I mean, we get a little bit of license, you know? If I want to grab my cocktail server's ass when I'm playing slots in Vegas, I can do that. Because yeah. I'm a man. It doesn't mean I'm being <laughs> nah. unfaithful. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean... I, I'm not personally trying to sexually harass the the cocktail waitress, but generally speaking, I'm down. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it's like an interesting thing to ponder, right? What are some things that you think are super funny that your girl doesn't think are funny? Because when I was listening to Shane's podcast the other day, that 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 popped into their conversation is like, the, or or his his host Matt, his co-host Matt. Matt was saying that he'll be laying there talking to his girlfriend, and he will like unleash the worst eight second fart that he can and his girlfriend will say that's not funny and he'll say like yes it is i'm sorry have you ever seen a fucking baby watch a fart like it's clearly funny like what gives you the fucking nerve and i don't know who the hell his girlfriend is but what gives you the nerve to tell me that farting isn't funny come on now you know they also had a lot of good the holocaust didn't happen jokes which i thought it's not easy to do it's tough. They were riffing on it. it was, I was I was dying in the car. Unscripted, the Holocaust didn't happen material? No, obviously they did. They think it happened. But it uh, yeah, was just I'm like, joking. you know. But if you're, if you're going to do some Holocaust denial material, you might want to sit down with a pad and paper and a coffee. See, okay, I, orgasms are on this side of the, the pendulum, and then Holocaust denialism jokes are over here. In the sense that everybody can say something funny about orgasming, and if you can make a Holocaust joke and get away with it, then 
Which is what Dave Chappelle does. You, you, yeah. you, you beat the game. You won. Yes. You play in the game on the hardest difficulty level. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's Stand-up is like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater or fucking mm. maybe Modern Warfare is a better example. <laughs> I, I don't think that farts are that funny. And it's weird because clearly I, I don't have any aversion to anal. Beta male. Is that how we're going to do this? I mean, I'm just saying, bro. Like, what, Remember, you don't think farts are funny? Dude, don't call me a beta. Remember, I'm the kind of guy who grabs an ass in Las Vegas. Yeah. I'm a man. But, okay, but so... In what way are farts not funny? I I have some sort of shame about that. Okay, mm. I whenever I take a shit in my house, I flush immediately when the shit hits the water, so no smell can emanate upwards. I mostly and I got that, the fan. On. I did that this morning because my water was sitting over on the on the on the counter like this with the with the opening exposed, and I started to think yeah. about my my poop like fumes getting yeah. into the water and drinking poop for the rest of the day. It would be like eating your own ass, which would basically make you gay. Yeah, I could taste it. Yeah, I can see oh, that's in there. But but yeah, no. I mean, I think that's reasonable. But I mean, you're laying in bed talking to your girl. You're not going to fart. I don't do it. I have a lot of shame. Maybe or it's is because... because you just don't fart because you only eat fucking little dainty salads and stuff. I don't think you eat enough protein powder. Dude, I, I've been eating. I've been trying to go because that staph infection. I was worrying, like, hey, you know, maybe my skin's weak. Maybe I need to quit with the rice and quit with the the hamburger buns. Mm-hmm. So I went. I went almost all carnivore. I'm doing my best Dr. Jordan Peterson impression. <laughs> I'm only eating meat, and it's actually it's turning my shit. It's it's very comparable to like a rabbit's now. With pellets, it's very odorless and just pellety and kind of small. I feel like my body is just absorbing like all of the steaks, so there's hardly any shit to come out. Listen, all I'm saying is I don't consider myself any better than a baby in any way. I consider myself <laughs> to have the, basically the same IQ as a baby, uh-huh. and when my fucking kid sits on that little toilet. And she shits, and she goes, "P.U." And she, <laughs> she's laughing her ass off. Who am I to deny myself that enjoyment? Who, like, how could I possibly look at her enjoyment of the fact that brown stinky material comes out of her butthole? And who am I to think that that's not funny? That's funny. You know, it's it's a good argument for having a child to get back in touch with the most natural form of humor appreciation. Yeah, what a baby thinks is funny is objectively funny. It's you the know? only thing that's funny. I'm not interested in anything that a baby doesn't think is funny. Do babies think Holocaust denial is funny? If posed the right way to them, if you show them the right cartoons, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> the right cartoons. No, but like the New Yorker, not funny. Too complicated. Don't get it. Don't get any of the references. I don't pay attention to world affairs. I don't pay attention to politics. Good for you for even reading the new fucking New Yorker. Well, what what is that? I fucking got on a mailing list at some point, and they send me fucking emails every day telling me about their articles, and then I click it, and it says, oh, there's a paywall, so then I have to copy and paste the fucking URL and go over to Opera and repost it there and then read it because I don't want to pay the eight bucks a month or whatever. You can get around paywalls by going to Opera.com? Sometimes. Wow. Well, it's not Opera.com. It's just a, a non browser app you could also probably just go into incognito mode in safari i think and then once you do that uh, it's free but there is chinese spyware on your laptop for the rest of its lifespan i'm not on my laptop i do everything on my phone yeah well there's already chinese spyware on your phone mr tiktok mm-hmm. so i guess it doesn't matter to you that is a good point do you want to know how my new tiktok is doing because, no but yes okay see, see this is the thing tiktok is a weird fucking lottery machine of an app i told you this yeah but uh, not a lottery machine but a, a slot, slot machine, machine. It's also kind of like a lottery, but I, I have a random TikTok that I made about me making breakfast that had 1.2 million views that is right now at like 2.2 million views that just, it's old and it just exploded. 
and just got like an extra million views over the weekend for no fucking reason. I wish the kitchen you were in exploded. It's such a fun app, isn't it? No. It's it's responsible for everything we detest. No, I, I think it should probably be banned, too, yeah. I just don't like the idea of the Chinese having any kind of control over our culture or society. It seems like a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yet you're responsible for probably two million watch hours this week alone. You fuck. Like, I'm, not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not use a social media platform just because I think that it's probably an agent of a communist government that is killing people in basically death camps all over their country. I don't care yeah, about that. Slippery slope. I'm making content for young children to watch on this fucking app. But you know what's the great thing about it is that once your fucking TikTok goes like weirdly viral like that, like it just starts getting shown to like tons of people who don't even know who you are, you get so much random interaction from just people that you would never have anything to do with. And they're saying things that like, you know, like they're saying, uh, you know, you look like an asshole with all those tattoos. Things that my fans have already gotten out of their system years ago, you know, if they do think that. It's making you feel young again. Yeah, as people saying, you know. Eating bacon for breakfast is bad for you. The cholesterol you're going to get from those eggs is going to kill you. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this is just, I, I wouldn't. I would never see these comments anywhere else. I don't think that's factually true. No, I don't think so either. It's actually uh, so insane. So you're, you're getting you're, what the fuck else do you want me to eat for breakfast? A big bowl of leaves or some shit? You're getting insulted by people. Uh, the same insult you got in 2014, and people are giving you factually incorrect diet advice. Sounds like a great reason <laughs> to spend your time on the platform, buddy. I mean, I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm having fun. I like it. Oh, okay, let's 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 see how this is doing. Because this is like that's the the thing. If you want to beat TikTok, this is the most important thing. Is you have to not look at how your fucking videos are doing. Fifteen thousand. That seems pretty good. Fifteen thousand. What's that one? What's the new one? The new one is basically a complete remake of the thing where I made breakfast, except that it's me making breakfast for me and my kid. So you get to see me make five eggs and give her one, and I make five pieces of bacon and I give her one. Aren't you worried that the, the sickos on, on wherever are going to be seeing your daughter and thinking impure thoughts on TikTok? I mean, about her eating a slab of bacon? It's, it's kind of oh, yeah, that, that makes it sound way better when you put it like that. <laughs> Some dude in a cave in Bulgaria, like, oh, yes, she put okay. that stick of meat. But this is one thing about having kids is that, like, at some point, you just realize, like, oh, right, like, there are creeps. Like they're 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 looking at your kid. Like that's just that's gonna happen. Now, obviously, you have to shield against that by like you know not having them naked on the internet and stuff like that. You become keenly aware of that as soon because you know you're taking pictures of your kid doing cute stuff around the house. Yeah, yeah. But then you're like, oh wait, like this is not appropriate. I can't post this. I can't. You know, you start really thinking about like how you want to present them. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like yeah, there are pedophiles out there. Yeah. Some of them are looking at kids like we can hide your kid from the world. Yeah, you well, just gotta hope that they hurry the fuck up and get older so that those pedophiles can sort of age out of their interest in them. I saw you did. I saw the the, the draft TikTok you almost sent out where you had your daughter on her uh, my first pole dancing pole, and uh, <laughs> that was kind of fucked up. You but I took her to the drag convention. Yeah, exactly. Aren't you so fucking glad? Though? Aren't you so glad that you're not a pedophile? Sometimes I walk into rooms like I remember what was it recently? I was walking around UCLA just like going uh, go for a run there, and there was a children's swim meet. Right. And a bunch of fifth grade girls came out in Speedos. And I just went, you know what? I'm so glad I'm not a pedophile. I'm so glad I'm not. 
you a are pedophile. a pedophile. No, come on. I'm being honest about this. Okay. I was just like, I'm so glad I could look at that and not think anything other than, oh, athleticism, sports. Right. I'm glad that's all I have to think because imagine like the attraction that you or I have or had had historically to pussy. Imagine that being something you couldn't tell anybody about, and the only way to satisfy your <laughs> urges is a, a Class C felony. Well, yeah. Or that, fucking the dark web. There's a very important conversation to be had that is kind of difficult to have because a lot of people choose to like just pick and choose little moments of the conversation. But it's like, what does society do about that? Do you chemically castrate people for this shit? Because it's like, if you made it more acceptable for people to admit that they have that thing, then it would be easier for society to like deal with it because you don't find out that anyone has that thing until they get fucking arrested for it, right? But then it's also just so detestable that it's like, how could you ever expect, like what is society gonna do with these people? Louis C.K. had one of the best SNL monologues ever on this. He had a joke that was, we need to make it more societally acceptable to be a pedophile. So that because now a guy like abducts a 10 year old boy and takes him up to the woods in his van and he fucks him. And then he's got post nut clarity. He's like, oh, God, I got to kill this fucking kid because I just did the worst thing on the planet. Louis C.K.'s bit was like, we got to make it like, oh, hey, Mrs. Wilson. Yeah, I just molested Toby. I'm bringing him back to soccer practice. You have a great day now. Oh, my so God. that that way. But I think what we really need to do is if you do anything molesty, I think it needs to be no questions asked, death penalty, cruel and unusual punishment. Because it is kind of like it's such a bad crime that it's like so bad for the innocence that it's almost like that regardless of how you ended up like that, it's almost like, yeah, you should just kill him, right? And I say we do it. We make it a public spectacle. And if you you can say that there's like 100 percent. Like, they're going back to it, even if you throw them in jail for 10 years, then it becomes even more like, okay, like, maybe we should just kill them all, right? But there's a lot of things like that in society. You know what draw and quartering is? Yeah. Well, no. I just have heard the expression a million times. I say, bossa nova, listen up. This is a vocabulary word for you, buddy. (laughs) You get four horses, and you tie the horses up to each of somebody's limbs. And then a guy with a whip goes, yeah! And the horses go, and run in four separate directions, and they rip all your limbs off. Does it actually rip them off, or does it just, like, dislocate it and pull it out? I imagine uh, Josh is is shaking his head over here. He's he's saying everything splits. I think it's sort of like the wishbone on Thanksgiving. I think somebody gets, like, an arm and a torso, and then one horse just runs away with only an arm. Even if it doesn't detach, I'm just assuming that you're never going to have use of this again. Think no, how it, fucking fast a horse runs. What if we Four for pedophiles? What if we do it with cheetahs for oh, pedophiles? I, that's an even better idea. I was thinking the other day, we went to the park, and it's a pretty cracking park. There's probably like 40 kids running around the park, and there's a shitload of parents too. And you Five know, pedophiles? <laughs> so you, you don't know what the <laughs> ratio is, right? Because there's a shitload of parents, and everybody. there's a million eyes on every single kid, so it's not like anything could ever happen. But... There's definitely, like, some dudes sitting on benches that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, like, glancing out of the corner of my eye thinking, like, well, he looks weird. Uh-huh. But, I mean, what the, the, it's, like, it's so much more likely that it's just a slightly weird-looking single father than that it's a fucking pedophile who hangs out of the park. Mm-hmm. But you also know that that's a thing, is that the fucking police have to come and arrest weirdos for hanging out at the park sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've watched a fucking... Um, soft white underbelly interview with this dude who was like a Mexican gangbanger at one point and he's just kind of talking about his hobbies and everything and I'm, I'm, hey I like the remote control of cars fool 
I like <laughs> to make the dioramas and the ships in the bottle. He hangs out like wherever he was hanging out was near a school and he would see dudes standing by the fucking gate of the school watching the kids on the playground and this is this guy's fucking hobby is he would just go and beat the dog shit out of these guys <laughs> who are going up and looking into the fucking playground and i'm listening to it and thinking like how many dudes are there like I, I don't doubt that there are some dudes doing this but then also how do you tell the difference between a fucking dad who happens to be walking down the street and he just wants to stop and see how his kid's doing as like almost anyone could imagine themselves doing right if your kid was at school and a fucking weirdo and well the I weirdos mean, will have their pants around their ankles well that's definitely yeah if, if they're giving off signs like that then it's a simpler <laughs> affair i guess it's yeah. much simpler for this guy yeah. for sparky to go administer street justice yeah but i uh i like that i like that first of all and you know what if you if you really need to take a gander through the chain link fence at the fifth grade recess you probably deserve your ass kicked all right well, what if you're a dad i'm saying that like pedophiles and dads in the sense of like wanting to be in public spaces looking at their kids it's basically like indistinguishable right until will, someone does something extreme at which point obviously it's going to be pretty apparent if you're the dad then you need to go to the office and you need to get one of those guest passes yeah. and you need to go introduce yourself to the yard duty and watch the four square game from one of the designated benches well, okay I was, I was thinking that the other day because we were driving by this fucking private school that my kid might be going to and it's like a it's, I'm just one of you guys private school <laughs> seventy dollar seventy thousand dollar nfts <laughs> fuck it's like it's like a high school and then there's like a like a preschool like behind it like on the same sort of like campus apparently right oh, fuck and like, it better be a private high school too. right uh, it is yes okay, right good. so right out by the street is like the pool where all the fucking kids are going to swim and everything right and i'm seeing that the fence is like open like you could like be walking down the street and just look in and so, I mean, this has got to be way more inviting than a playground because yeah. people are in states of undress, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking that. I'm like, that that probably says good things about the area that we're in right now that they haven't felt that it was necessary to, like, basically block out the fucking fence so that nobody could see into the pool. That that makes me feel at least like like somehow that being a possibility makes me think it's not a problem. And that's probably a good thing. You're so right. That's I when I first moved down to L.A. as a guy who skates occasionally. The, one of the first <laughs> things I did was I was I was peering through elementary school fences. Yeah, yeah. And was, you know, it's funny you mentioned this guy with a bandana and uh, dicky shorts on came up and just beat the fucking dog shit out of me one day. Are you but, fucking? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was kind of starting to space out, and then I heard that, and I'm like, "Are you wait? You got I was, me." I was you trying to think, me. like, what do Mexican? They wear low hanging Blink 182 style dicky shorts, and they wear bandanas. Right. But I was looking around for a place to go, like, just work on my kickflips, flat ground. Elementary schools in my hometown are the spot. Right. And in my hometown, there's no crime, so you can just go no slide the benches. You can try to ollie over one of the four square or hopscotch squares but you get to la and apparently it's a uh, pedophile central and pedophile o'clock always really? because dude everything around my old street west adams was just fenced in like right. a prison yeah because okay so la for people who don't really understand it, in southern california in general when you talk about what kind of skateboarding and bmx and rollerblading and scooters to a certain extent for you know they all kind of ride similar stuff but when you talk about la 
versus like New York. When we talk about New York, it's like things New York is known for that doesn't doesn't really exist in other parts of the world for skating and shit, like cellar doors. Or, you know, you'll see like a famous skate spot in Brooklyn that's just like a fucking eight-stair rail that has had like hundreds and hundreds of clips pulled on it or some random little ledge, whatever. When people talk about California, they want to come to California and they want to ride these perfect schoolyards. You'll, you'll, there, there are schools, I can think of hundreds of, of them that I've been to that are just full of perfect buttery long waxed up ledges and perfect low handrails and like the picnic tables that look giant yes. but are actually two and a half feet off the ground so, so if you grow up like wanting to be a skateboarder then you probably at some point are fantasizing about going to la and riding the schools yeah and then you get to the schools and it, and it is true it's like tons of schools are just amazing but then also some percentage of schools are the security is fucking on point to the mm-hmm. point where it's like almost impossible to get in there. But then there's a lot of schools where like it's fine. You just have to hop a couple of fences mm-hmm. to get into it. And, you know, so you do have this moment that's kind of awkward where me and Phil and fucking, you know, five other dudes are pulling up in a big white van and tossing our bikes over a huge fucking fence into an elementary school and then climbing over the fence and then realistically smoking weed and drinking alcohol and like sitting around. In the, and, you know, obviously we would not go there unless there was nobody around, which, oh, yeah. which is the case on a Saturday or a Sunday typically. But you are like keenly aware of the fact that like. This is a little weird. Yeah, yeah. The cops were to show up. This might be a little hard to understand. Now, l- luckily, like the cops do get it. You know, they fucking live here, and they are not going to assume that you're on some weird shit. But there are moments where, like, we've been in a fucking school, and then all of yeah. a sudden, it's like, oh, boom! There's a soccer game, and it's like we feel like we've got the run of this place. We're, we're posted up, fucking five cameras pointing mm-hmm. at a handrail, and then all of a sudden, the the gate opens, and you know, eighteen cars come in, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, there's a bunch of kids playing a soccer game, and, and Phil's he, chasing after a kid out of breath. And, like, hey, come back here. <laughs> Phil's like, get over here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to show you a magic trick. Uh, and, and there's a moment there where you're like, oh, this is this is a weird hobby. And I remember even the first time that I was like 27, and I I, I came to LA, and we're just out of college. Just posted up riding. And even at 27, I'm like very aware of the fact that like, oh, yeah, I'm like five, six years older than everybody else here. Like I'm starting to feel like quite out of place in this environment. Whereas a couple years ago, I would have felt like I fit in perfectly aside from the fact that I got this fucking bike with me. You know, I still go film content, sometimes pranks at UCLA, like my alma mater. And now I'm 10 years out of college. But you still have the young look that you like make sense in that environment. Maybe I think I'm a grad student. Yeah, Um, but you could definitely like five. I don't know how long it's going to take, but you could definitely start. You know, imagine Louis C.K. if that was his day to day going to the colleges and talking shit to the woke kids. You have to change it up. Optically, at a certain point, it's going to be kind of weird. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I'm already moving away from that. Yeah. I've told you I hate filming in L.A., I'm pretty sure. Right, yeah. That's why you're always off going on missions. And always whatnot. going on fucking missions. Can't, can't go to the No Jumper Live show because he's going to... Oh, we should cut that out. Well, oh. I guess... Yeah, we should cut that out. Okay, going to a redacted concert. Does Sid, is she on top of that? Okay, cool. You got that? Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, well uh, cut out him saying a redacted and everything just to just like bleep the name of the concert. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Why do you not want people to know that? We'll, we'll talk about it after. Oh, okay. yeah. So, uh, big plans, big yeah, plans. Yeah. We just, uh, we just went up to deep Northern California to this place where it's, it's considered like a neo Nazi epicenter. And I thought it was bullshit. I thought the LA Times was just lying, spreading division and propaganda. And I go up there and I hear an old white man use the N-word twice 
in front of me, jollyly. And as then, soon as you get there, but but not at a white supremacist hangout, just at like a gas station? Uh, at a Black Bear diner. Oh, wow. I love those fucking things. Yeah. Oh it God, was a Black Bear diner. I haven't been to one in probably 10 years. It was during, you're going to see it. It was during my <laughs> interview with him. And then I also get called an N word by uh, some junkie on the street, too. See that? Well, that can be expected almost anywhere. The that's ju- a good point. The, the, the derelicts will definitely bust that out from time to time. But that's interesting because when you watch the Gideon video where he went to the most racist town in America yeah. and he like couldn't find any racist people and then he like went to the clan leader's house and he, he didn't even talk to the clan leader. So he didn't really get to meet almost any racist people but that was like and i remember people getting on his ass because he like didn't make the town look racist enough it was interesting when i when the guy next to me the in this like place that's considered like it's gonna break away and become a confederate state when the guy dropped two n-bombs i was so fucking stunned that i was worried too afterwards i was like dude should i have like just talked shit to that guy right there he was also probably 78 but were you in character at that moment or were you you i was sort of in character but i was not i mean i was an over exaggerated version of myself yeah. Which is sort of what I do in my YouTube videos. It's more heightened even than this. But doesn't isn't the comedy version of that like if somebody says something racist to you, like doing what you do, you're supposed to lean into it. You're supposed to say racist shit yourself to make them say more racist stuff, right? But the optics are kind of weird too because you know it's going to be viewed out of context, right? Yeah, it just I just shut down and I just my eyes went out of focus and I thought, holy god, because all day. I wanted to believe that people mostly all over America are cool, are not racist, that that's just a product of people like Joe Biden trying to solicit more votes. Like, they're they're trying to send us back to Jim Crow. <laughs> I thought that's what it mostly was. So I was so – just that illusion was punctured yeah. right there in that Black Bear Diner booth, and it, it like, hurt. Did I ever tell you about how uh, somebody tried to get me to join, like, a white power gang at one point? Yeah, I saw the swastika tattooed on your bicep. <laughs> you want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, I don't. It happened at, I love that you mentioned Black Bear Diner because this actually <laughs> happened at a Tommy's Hamburgers. But I'm fucking, I, I go to a Tommy's Hamburgers in Long Beach with on bikes, probably 10 p.m., right? Uh, I, any story where you do anything on a bike is yeah. fucking hilarious. So it's like me. eight of us on bikes, right? And I'm, I'm the big tattooed guy out of the group. Everybody yeah. else is like smaller white dudes or whatever. And there, there's like a dude with a bunch of tattoos, a white guy, and he's with two girls. And there's like, there's like a bar across the street that's like, popping like there's people going in and out whatever older people but there's something going on across the street so this guy's there he's clearly at this bar but he came over to get a fucking hamburger and he's drunk and he's got these two girls with him and he comes over and starts talking to me and starts asking me where i'm from because he can tell that i'm not from fucking california and i tell him i'm from boston area whatever and he starts asking me about a couple of bands whatever and i'm having this conversation with him he tells me he's from gardenia he's and then he, he sort of busts out you know his first racist trope of the night he starts talking about how gardenia was a lot nicer before all the... Or, or no, he's talking about Garden Grove, which is famous from some fucking uh, sublime lyrics. We took this trip yeah. to Garden Grove. And, and so he's he's basically telling me how Garden Grove was great before all the blacks and Mexicans moved in. So that was my first moment of being yeah. like, oh, dear Lord, okay. And uh, so I'm kind of like, yeah, 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 all right, all right, like whatever. I'm, I'm not really trying to argue with him. I'm just trying to try to shut him up and just eat my fucking burger. So. It'd probably be dangerous too I'm just if like, you start a fight yeah, with this I'm not trying to like guy. engage him, so I'm just kind of waving him off. Okay, ha. Huh. Yeah, Garden Grove, cool, whatever. Like, and so he kind of takes obviously with his girls again, whatever. He he comes back to me and starts telling me about this oil rig that he works on and how he's got a great team of guys. It never leaked until the blacks came aboard. No, but he 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 he, <laughs> he doesn't like he he is saying like yeah, we got a lot of great guys who work on my crew, 
mostly white guys. You know, we, we got we, we even got a couple of a black guy, a Mexican guy, but they're hard workers, not like the rest of them. So he, like, he had oh, to go boy. clean it up. He's yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. think that feller but took he, it so well. He tried well. to clean it up by, by saying that, like, these guys are the exception to the rule. But the <laughs> except, the rule is that they're all lazy. And so I'm like, again, you know, he's trying to offer me a fucking $20 an hour job. And I'm I'm like, bro, I got my own business. Like, I'm not I'm not interested. Whatever. Oh, he thought your aversion to it is like, well, you know, I'm hearing you about this oil rig. But what right. about the blacks? Right. What about them on there? Well, but he thinks, that, like, he's starting to catch on that I'm really not feeling it when yeah, he brings yeah. up the fucking racist shit. And so then whatever, he kind of like gives up. And then we all hop on our bikes and we're about to leave. And he comes up to me right as we're leaving. And I probably told this story fucking 10 times over the years. So I might be fucking up some details about this, but this is the gist of it. And he comes up to me right at the end and he tells me his name and he hands me a business card. And he says, hey, man, for real, I've done some real ass shit in my life. I went in, I did my time and, and, you know, yada, yada. And he just hands me the business card. And he goes, he goes, you can look me up. And I'm like, okay, whatever, bro. And so I get home, and I, I Google the guy right away. And I figure out that he was at a high school dance when he was in high school. And he basically, like, his crew of white dudes get in a big argument with a crew of Mexican dudes. And he goes back to his grandfather's house and gets his grandfather's shotgun. And they end up in a chase down the fucking highway or some shit. And this dude fucking blows one of the Mexican dudes' heads off with the shotgun, hops on a plane, goes to Hawaii, hides out for a couple days, then basically comes back, turns himself in, and does like fucking. It, it surprised me how little time it was. It was like fucking 15 years. It wasn't even like a full 20. I was like, how the fuck did this guy get that little time? It, and, and again, I might be fucking it up. It might have been like longer. But you know, he wasn't like that old. He was like 40. So it was like, damn, you're like, in your early 40s, you, like, did this, you got out, and now you're, like, fucking basically treating this fucking oil rig that you work on like your little white power gang, and you're coming up to me trying to recruit me. Yeah, until you have changed. What I served my time, and I... Dude. I couldn't believe it. I was, And honestly, like, that's the only time that anything like that has ever happened to me, where somebody was, like, kind of trying to recruit me for a little bit of a, a racist crew. I was just totally mind-blown. You know, uh, we better get going. You got to work on the oil rig soon. Yeah. No, I mean, how fucking long have we been going? Oh, that was, that was joking. We've been going. This has been a long one. <laughs> I have a lot of shit to talk about, man. Do you know there's a girl that is coming on the Patreon next that I've already slept with? She was already on Plug Talk. Is she cute? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. Listen to me. My daughter goes to a private school. <laughs> got NFTs. Fuck the cutest girl. I'm trying to make sure everybody, nobody figures out I'm a porn star at the private school. <laughs> Probably not going to be going to too many parent teacher conferences. Oh, material. It'd be great to talk no, about. I'll show up. I'm just going to wear a shiesty. You're going to wear a shiesty? The full facial mask. Is that the shiesty? Like tone wears? There's a popular rapper named Pooh Shiesty, and he kind of popularized it. Now everybody does it, but. I don't know. It's, why is that good? Why is his name Pooh is probably the first question I would expect your white ass to ask me. P O O H. Well, so that's it's, how you spell it's more Pooh, of Winnie a Winnie the, the Pooh and less of a doo doo. Yeah, that's that's more, it's more funny to me because you know I don't like the shit humor, but yeah, uh, Tone wanted me today, and uh, really, yeah, he, he wants me sometimes. What the fuck? Does he like forget that he's already met you ten times? Is he's only supposed to want strangers? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think AD's still getting wanded down, is he? He probably just looks at me. He's like, man, this motherfucker might be a school shooter. Well, he knows you're all right, so he figures you're worth a wand. Yeah, <laughs> you're to come in here. It's like I got a permit for it. Open carry. It's legal in this county. Yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm gonna tell him to 
give Bossa Nova a full cavity search every single day as well. We need to. Yeah. Hands and knees with a flashlight. Even if he's the only one here. Yeah. And if Tone's not here, I want Bossa Nova to perform it on himself and yep. send us the iPhone clip. Absolutely, Bossa Nova. You need to squat over a mirror because we don't want to see your asshole directly. It's like Medusa's eyes. Yeah, I'm going to give you an extremely detailed description of uh, how to film it. Yes. Yeah. And For at, safety. And at the end, there's going to be this weird part about sticking a <laughs> hairbrush up there. That's just to make sure the cavity is clear. Okay. Yeah, hey, uh, and you're going to have to leave the the hairbrush in a specific drawer <laughs> so Danny can make sure it's fine. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, how am I going to have to make sure it's fine with my tongue? Yeah. Just give a sniff, even. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been Sledge Lords, right? It's been Sledge Lords. It's been Sledge Lords. It's been Sledge Lords. Solid episode. Good episode. Yeah. Shout out to everybody. Hey, Friday, come to the Novo. Check out the No Jumper Live show. Danny will not be there for redacted purposes, but mm. yeah, hopefully, maybe we'll even do a live one of these one day. Fuck yeah, dude. that'd be great. Maybe at the Hollywood Improv. That'd be fantastic. It'd be better than the fucking bullshit we suffered there. We'll get Dom Irera on the couch, and it'll be just as good. Definitely. We could jerk him off together. <laughs> He's still got some jizz left. <laughs> <laughs>